My name is Jake, and this is another episode of the Rotten Potatoes podcast, a podcast where four friends sit down and review uh, movies you absolutely should have seen, but one of us hasn't. And today, I'm actually here with three of my best friends. What's up? I'm Zach. I'm I'm Scott. Tyler had a whole gonna, episode off and you didn't let him I was gonna, lawless. I was trying to let him go last so we could like have like a word, you know? Full lawless. Well, his, his word was I'm. I mean, it's it's already it's we've had a week already. It's fine. I think we can just move on. Yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> Scott. I'm Tyler. Yeah. I will say, Tyler, it's good to have you back. Uh, but I'm having to hunch over my mic again. <laughs> Zach, I'm glad that you're on this side of the table with me. My again. back hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. Uh, I have the ability to not hunch over my mic, and I still do it. I do it for the respect, for the love of the game. You appreciate the (laughs) the privilege you have of the long mic. I respect you looking Zach dead in the eyes and saying, "I don't have to be hunched over my mic right now, but I am." (laughs) I choose to. Yeah, I think I do it too. Like I'm leaning forward. Yeah, Yeah. I was. I was lounging. You were. You were like. I was. I was like in full recline. I was leaning back. Zach was falling asleep last episode. If I'm honest, I hadn't been that relaxed in a very long time. Well, two episodes ago, but yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Well, we talked at the end of last episode. We talked about just going straight into the searchers. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, we then, said it, it could be either. <laughs> yeah. Then so depending on when you hear this, <laughs> we don't really know. Then I feel better about us talking about it. I just thought we were gonna. You know, no, no, no. Yeah. It was like we're two just, weeks ago yeah, yeah. when Tyler wasn't here. We're officially changing the order. Searchers is the next got one. it. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. I was gone last week. <laughs> We've changed the order so many times, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's not time. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I doubt most people get to what's happening next week anyways and when they listen to the episode (laughs) oh man but yeah no it was it was uh rough being gone for uh get out but uh i'm excited to be back in uh for this episode mostly because uh this you know spoiler alert is uh it was a really offensive movie to watch. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like the opposite of Get Out. The opposite of Get Out. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was why Tyler wasn't in the Get Out episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, it's White Boy Summer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. That's a joke for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Jake, what movie are we talking about? We're talking about The Searchers. And should I get into kind of why I picked it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what'd yeah. you pick it for? So, I mean, like, I have never sat down and watched this. I think I've seen bits and pieces of it. And it, since I'm the Western guy, I've right. got to pick a John Wayne Western, even though John Wayne was uh, historically a pretty bad dude. Mm. And I'm not I'm not defending that. Not bad in the good way, though. No, not, not Michael Jackson bad. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Um, is Michael Jackson good, bad, or bad, bad? <laughs> bad, the song, Michael Jackson. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but in real life, he was bad, bad. Yeah. That's true. Michael Jackson also was not Michael Jackson bad. <laughs> yeah. um, that was a confusing statement. Yeah. Uh, but 
No, like I think that, and then I was reading up on like what was John Wayne's most famous Western. And then I was like, wow, this one has like a, like a super high rating. It's like number 12 on AFI's greatest uh, films of all time. It's their number one Western. The BBC even uh, said this was the number five greatest American movie of all time. It was one of the first 25 movies to get selected for preservation in the Library of Congress. Like, wow, it's significant, it seems like. And like, it's big. And I had, honest, I'd never sat down and watched the whole thing. And I've been pretty like, so-so on a lot of John Wayne movies. Like, I felt pretty whatever about them. But I haven't watched them in a long time either. Yeah. And then I watched this one, like sitting down and watching it for the first time, really. Uh, I was nervous the first 30 minutes, probably. Mm. And then pretty much when we had our audio clip, like from that (laughs) point on, I was like, pretty into it. And I was glad I picked it. But yeah. up until then, I was like, I'm going to get destroyed for picking this movie. <laughs> and now I don't know. At least, But at least now I liked it. So I feel yeah. good about picking it. And yeah. I feel good about picking it because it's so famous and revered. I Were you it. nervous because it was offensive or because you just thought we would not like it? It was just slow and a little bit boring at the beginning. Like I was not into it at the beginning. Oh, okay. Like the first 30 minutes. It is, uh, by modern sensibilities, very offensive. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Um, and like, which part, Jake? Just all of them. <laughs> just every, pretty much every part of the movie. Uh, just like, like, yeah, like the fact that they're like every Native American person is a bad guy, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really racist against all of them. And and, I, and if a white person looks Native American, they in, are in any way. Yeah, they they've are. they've gone yeah. command. Or even uh, if they don't, then yeah. they can still be. The captain. That's yeah. true. And they're or like, the, well, the, chief, like, the, the whole movie is centered around the premise that white lives are more valuable than, <laughs> than non-white lives, uh, which is pretty nuts. I didn't realize that it was that bad when sure. I picked it. Uh, but it's like, kind of like the parents in Get Out wrote this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think but so. But as like a positive view. No. Yeah. You, we didn't see it. It was in a deleted scene. But in, in Get Out, when he's like, you know, first he first gets to the house and he's on a little bit of a tour, there's a big The Searcher's poster in the oh yeah room. yeah that, that that should have been the first like get out uh, yeah. yeah but um it was in the in the list of pictures of all the boyfriends oh, one yeah. was just a picture of the, the searcher it was just the dad shaking hands with john wayne <laughs> um, but like and i think it's very telling of john wayne that he said that this he thought that ethan edwards was the best character he'd ever portrayed like the best man he'd ever portrayed on film <laughs> this like racist uh, uh confederate states loyalist uh guy and he loved him so much that he named his youngest son ethan uh, in honor of mm. of ethan edwards how do you think he um, feels about it now i don't know how old is he I mean, probably pretty old. John John Wayne's been dead for a while, and yeah, I think he was old when he 50. died. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope my dad doesn't listen to this podcast because he loves a lot of John Wayne movies. <laughs> he uh, he thinks that John Wayne is the best cowboy uh, Western movie actor. So hopefully he doesn't hear. I I just in case your dad is listening, you're wrong, and it's Tom Mix. So take Who, that. Who's Tom Mix? He was a very important, very famous <laughs> Western right. actor. I'm, I'm sure a, I've seen him, but uh, I feel like I only know the names of like a couple of them, and then I've just watched a million. He was you know? he was one of the singing cowboys, so like Gene Autry. Yeah, I think and, I know what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. I also feel like you just didn't need to tell everyone about that about your dad. 
he doesn't know. I don't think he knows anything about John Wayne as a person, and I don't think. Okay, okay, good. No, like, but he loves him. Uh, he loves his movies. Okay. I don't think that. If I don't think that that's. Uh, I don't think he talks to him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that if the way you said it made me think like. Does he also wish that he named you Ethan? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I think that if there is anybody in the world who truly does not care at all about any celebrities or their lives or their gossip, it's my father. So he's the opposite of you. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I think, I think he's just never heard. It doesn't care to hear and has somehow went his whole life not hearing about who yeah. any of these people are as people. And oh, yeah, Jake, what's your new gossip uh, podcast coming out? We have, I have a gossip podcast. Yeah, yeah. Did, weren't, you, weren't you telling about us this morning? Gossip guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the premise of that one again? Just where I find out stuff about my friends who nobody knows on the internet. And oh, then nice. I dox them and I say bad things about them. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nobody else is going to be on it. I'm just going to talk. Okay. Oh. Who's your first episode going to be about? You. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What gossip do I have? Oh, just wait. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> He he has been farming me for some some sweet mm. gossip about you for a long time. I didn't know it was for this purpose, but just so you know, it's it's going to be bad. Okay. Yeah, Tyler sent me a picture uh, where that you took of his sunglasses and reflected in it is uh, you shirtless. So your nipple is going to be on my mm. Instagram. Gotcha. That should just be the picture for your pod. Just uh, Zach's nipple. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It. And it should be called Hot Goss with Khaki Jake. Okay. Yeah. I like gossip guy way more. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Hot gossip. <laughs> Interesting. Let's uh let's jump into a little bit of just the facts about this movie. Yeah, so as we said, I think we said, uh directed by John Ford. It was uh written by Frank Nugent. He wrote the screenplay, and then Alan LeMay wrote the book. Uh it released March thirteenth, nineteen fifty six. It has a runtime of hundred and nineteen minutes. The other guys gave this a ninety six percent. IMDb gave it a 7.9. It had a box office of 4.8 million with a budget of 3.7 million. So it didn't perform super well as far as profit, but still pretty good. 1.1 million in profit in the fifties is pretty good. It wasn't nominated for anything uh, and didn't win anything because it wasn't nominated, but it didn't lose. True. Think about that. And it's a movie that all of us are late bloomers on. Yeah. yeah which is a, a rare uh, accolade to attribute to the searchers. I think that we need to make sure to update IMDb with that. With that trivia? With that yeah. trivia, with yeah. that information. That's probably a good idea. You know, like anybody, anybody can just say like, oh, you know, the whatever guys film podcast decided they liked this movie or didn't. And then that's IMDb trivia. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they just let that happen. All four RP boys were late bloomers. Yeah. <laughs> that's IMDb trivia <laughs> that's, right there. That's yeah. trivia. We should probably say Rotten Potatoes so people can find it. No, I think RP no, boys. RP okay. boys. RP yeah. boys, B-O-I-S. I'll, I'll, I'll upvote that piece of trivia. <laughs> this was helpful. Yeah, you'll find that helpful. <laughs> yeah, I'll find that And then helpful. we'll just need to do, uh, uh, we'll need to submit for RP boys to get their own IMDb page. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, I that's probably that's a thing, but we could right. try. Yeah. Can you just create your own IMDb page? Well, anyone can have a profile, but really, and I could just start crediting myself with things. No. No, like a profile and that you can like rate stuff. Oh no, I mean like a page where there'll be yeah, like, like credit. Like like I, I want I want like yeah. credits to be credits like credits in films. Like like hundred episodes of Rotten Potatoes, you know. I actually don't know who does that, but somebody does it. Somebody creates someone has to add it. Yeah. I assume that it's the people. Like 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 I assume that like, you know, John Wayne's agent or whoever his estate is like right. hey, these are John Wayne's movies. Is there an IMDB for podcasts? I doubt it. 
They have everything, like, like video game people get on IMDb. I, I think that's just called Spotify. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, are you saying a completely separate? Yeah, like a system where it just like credits people who are on podcasts. I doubt it. Because any, anyone can make a, that's too much work. Anyone can make a podcast. But again, I don't think that IMDb is doing that work. Zach, I want to say. I'm not say, saying for IMDb. I want to say that we just watched The Searchers, which proves that anyone can also make a, a film. <laughs> That's true, but I don't think that IMDb has every random film made. Sorry, no, John know. Ford. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> well, since we are all late bloomers, how how do we uh, how do we attack this? How do we go around the go around the the row? I think uh, we do it the most logical way, and it's <laughs> popcorn. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm gonna jump in first. Uh, I I actually. Uh, really liked a lot of this movie. I thought it was beautifully shot. Um, I felt like the story was like evocative. Like I, I definitely had a lot of emotion around it. Um, obviously we did not bury the lead. It is a heinous story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a heinous story, <clears throat> but I do feel like it's, it's super complex and, and I feel like the acting was great. I'm not a huge John Wayne fan, uh, but I, I liked him in this. I thought he did a good job and, uh, I wanted to go first so that I could touch back on something that you said, Jake, okay. About, uh, John Wayne liking the, liking this character, uh-huh. but specifically saying that this was like the best man that he, it's his opus, yeah. his, his <laughs> opus, his magnum yeah. opus. And this is like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh, I feel like this is. You know, Western was white hat, black hat for a big season, and this is the introduction of the gray, the gray man. Wasn't the spaghetti Western kind of in response to the white hat, black hat? Um, I maybe I I don't. This was not a spaghetti Western. I know, yeah. but I'm saying that like um, to kind of prove to that point, like I feel like spaghetti westerns were in response because that was so much the case for a long time. I would say no. It in. If nothing else, that uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, which we have done, yeah. which was a spaghetti western, had a literal white hat and a literal black yeah. I hat. thought spaghetti westerns like doubled down on it. I think so too. I don't no, think so. I don't think that the good, the bad, and the ugly had a white hat. Like yeah, he Blondie was not wasn't the white hat. Like so he was very. I'm, I was I ambiguous. was taught in my film class that it was like oh, a response to that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like the 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 man with no name is all like in those three movies. It's not like he's not like all good guy. Like he's the guy you're following, and he's the guy you support. He's the protagonist. Like, yeah, and like like, but he's not a good person. More, but more or less, like I think that you are like like maybe you support in the whole what he's doing, but he does questionable things along the way. You know, gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I think that like. Almost this movie, I don't think that they portrayed him as that that gray. I think he was a bad dude, and people were just kind of chill with it. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, like nobody was like, "Oh yeah, you you shouldn't be loyal to the Confederate States of America," and nobody was like, "Oh man, you shouldn't go hunting down Comanche." Uh, <laughs> but everybody was like, "Yeah, like we're we're on board. You're doing some things maybe a little extreme." Uh, but not that far off from what everybody wanted anyways, if I'm honest, is how I, how I read the whole movie. 
you know, we're like, yeah, yeah, they were, they yeah. were like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, you're going to get her killed. And he's like, yeah, I want to get her killed. Uh, <laughs> and then nobody like besides Marty, nobody was like, don't do that. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, before we get into Scott and Mai's takes, I'm, I'm curious, Jake, to hear if you think that we liked this movie or not. Um, I think that one, the situations, the situation in which Scott watched this movie might have led him to have a bad mood while watching it. That's true. So he might not be into it, but I'll let Scott talk about that. Did you watch again buffering on 1.5 speed? I watched it this morning. At oh. 5.30 I in woke the up at 5.30 this morning to watch it before the recording. Uh, so man. I feel like that would very much influence, especially because it had a pretty slow start and that, that he was probably already in a bad mood, slow start. I could see Scott writing this off entirely. Uh, but I think that Zach, I think he moderately enjoyed this movie. Okay. I think the opposite is true. I think Scott moderately enjoyed this movie. I think Zach hated it. Okay. Okay. Zach did have to have to cover for himself a little bit. Uh, I'll get into it probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, but because I don't want to, I don't want to spoil, uh, the episode oh, for a gotcha. couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but Zach did, I'll, I'll remind me to bring up this, this interaction we had <laughs> about, okay. about my movie. Uh, yeah, your, your movie and my movie specifically, cause Scott mm. picked another Western, Uh huh. but anyways, so do you guys want to go? Zach, you want to go first? I'll go first. Sure. Um, I, uh, I like kind of loved this movie. Whoa. Sick. I was way wrong. All right. I really enjoyed it like a lot. All right. That's what I like to hear. I, cause uh, yeah, uh, I almost kind of ruined that interaction too. Yeah. Um, I, I, earlier you said like, I'm kind of the Western guy and like, I don't know why I didn't pick this sooner. And I had the same thought. I was like, why did Jake pick, why did he take so long to actually pick a good Western? because <laughs> right. i was ready to write the whole genre off um and except for like any modern like western that's come out like post 2010 uh-huh. essentially um but I, I liked this movie a lot i was super impressed with uh john ford's directing i thought the cinematography was really good uh, I thought it was overall like paced really well. I was really engaged with this movie. I thought it was really like entertaining. I thought it was a very interesting story. I felt like the story went in directions that I didn't really see coming and um, like took me places that I didn't expect to be like taken to and found very interesting. Like I- racism. No, I mean, that's pretty <laughs> like that, that's, that's there from the beginning. Okay. Um, but uh, that's there from the beginning when uh, what's his name the the young guy walks in and then he John calls him went, a half breed. Yeah, he's yeah. like, "What a mistaken you for a half breed." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. And yeah. then and then inexplicably calls him like a what do you call him like a blanket head the whole rest of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was wild. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, it yeah. was Zach. no, but uh, I didn't expect this movie to span so many years. And I kind of oh, like yeah, when too. films do that. I, I enjoyed that part of the movie. Um, and maybe I'm watching this through too modern of a lens and maybe I'm projecting some of my own thoughts, but like I, I didn't really feel like this movie was super black and white. Like I felt like, like John Wayne did kind of feel like a bit of a gray character to me. And I didn't always feel like the movie was making him out to be like the, like the, good person or like the cool guy that maybe John Wayne thought Ethan was. And maybe I was like identifying a little bit too much with Marty, but I felt like Marty was kind of like the heart of the movie and would kind of come against John Wayne and would kind of be like maybe the, the sense of like moral uprightness that like we're supposed to have in a, like against Ethan, 
That's kind of like, well, I was going to get into that later, but I think that like without Marty, I, and like the way that was done, I don't think I like this movie yeah, that much. Sure. Yeah. Like Mar- Marty did make it like I enjoyed John Wayne, but yeah. uh, Marty, Marty was the movie for yeah, me. Yeah. And I, I did actually really enjoy John Wayne. I thought yeah. he, I, I really like enjoyed his performance. I don't want to say I enjoyed the character. I enjoyed his performance quite a bit. Um, and at times I did enjoy the character. Yeah, like uh, he, he had some good things about him, but he yeah. had a, like the, 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 for me, the negatives outweigh the positives on if I would, you know, want to hang out with this guy. He kind of felt like a Han Solo type character. Totally. If Han Solo was super racist. Yeah. Han Solo might he have been is. super racist. We don't know. Against yeah. other alien species. Alien species. Yeah, I, that's probably true. I mean, George Lucas said that this inspired him in some ways. George Lucas, so. Steven Spielberg, like several other huge directors. Oh, yeah. When they come back Scorsese. to yeah. the home to find Ethan's uh, brother and sister-in-law and like the, the whole place ransacked, that reminded me a lot of A New Hope. Oh, when, yeah, when, sure. Yeah. Um, well, and especially I think there's, it's right after that scene, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering right, where uh, where uh, we just have like a wide shot of a guy kind of walking off into the vista and it looks identical to uh, Luke Skywalker walking across Tatooine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it's like it's the identical same yeah. shot. Yeah, I feel like it, it's fun. We've talked about this in other films before. It's fun when you can watch a movie. I think we talked a lot about this in North by Northwest. When you can watch a movie and you can see you can identify the influence it's had on other films that we've all seen a million times. And I feel like I, I noticed that with this movie. Um, and so I, I think I enjoyed it almost kind of, well, no, I won't say that. I, I think I enjoyed this more from like a technical standpoint, um, from like a film standpoint, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. I really liked it. And I think that it's a movie I definitely want to watch again sooner rather than later because I feel like I'm going to pick up on more stuff. I went and I listened to like a whole podcast on this movie that talked about different aspects of it that I didn't pick up the first time um, that made me appreciate it a lot more. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, no, I, and I talking about when you were talking about the, the, the length it spans, I don't know if you had this thought, but like when they were going, I was like, man, it's winter. They're still doing this. And right. I had that thought. I was like, oh, that's a good, they're going to see seven more yeah. winters before. That's, uh, in a way how it reminded me of like Django Unchained. It oh, kind of totally. reminded me of when they're traveling through different seasons, uh-huh. you know, like, uh, I feel like you were kind of able to see the Tarantino influence that this had. Um, it obviously had a, a big impact on Scorsese as well. So I think for all those reasons, I really had like a good time watching this movie. All right, Scott, <laughs> let's see how you liked it. What were your thoughts from like four hours ago? Scott's thoughts. Yeah. Scott's thoughts. Um, <clears throat> I was tired when I first started watching the movie. Uh, but I figured since it was so old, there would be like credits at the beginning. And so I made a, a pot of coffee at the time. And uh, I, I sat down like right as they were having that first dinner. Um, so I, I think I might have missed a couple of minutes of dialogue there at the meeting, but I figured it wouldn't be important. Um, I thought the movie was good. Uh, I agree with a lot of what Zach said. I think uh, there a lot of technical things were really good. I see its influence. I thought the the story itself was was really good. I thought John Wayne was abysmal. I but I think he is abysmal. I think he's a terrible actor. Wow. You, oh, you thought his acting was bad? Yeah. You didn't think the character was bad? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> you didn't think the character was bad? I mean, I think he's not a good person. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's a rich character. But yeah. you're going to name your firstborn son Ethan. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> 
Um, I, yeah, John Wayne just like shows no emotion. He's like, he has no range. He's the same person in every movie he's in. Like, I just think he's not good. I th- I think he's very subpar actor. If, if this would have been like a better lead, I think it would be a lot higher for me, but all in all, like, I think it's a really good movie. Let me just, uh, put an amen on that. Uh, <laughs> I actually agree with you. I, I don't think John Wayne's a good actor at all. Yeah. I think hot take. I, I every time I see him, I'm like, God dang it. It's just John Wayne. (laughs) Yeah. um. But I think, I think that's true in what I've seen of John Wayne. Um, but I, I feel like he gets put into some similar kind of roles, but I think that that was maybe, maybe the right role for this movie. If nothing else in that, I really enjoyed like, that type of person clashing then with, I can't believe I keep forgetting his name. Marty, Marty, Marty but clashing yeah. with Marty and like their interaction was so interesting. And I think that John, like this is the person that John Wayne plays, but the person that John Wayne plays was probably right for this movie. Yeah. And, and I think you're right about that. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I just think that John Wayne doesn't play anyone. He just plays John. Wayne. He's just John Wayne delivering different lines. Uh-huh. And so that's why I think he's a bad actor. But I agree with you. I think that like he fit this role really well. Yeah. I mean, I think he's so bad that any of the four of us could have done this role just as good as him. I don't think so. I don't think that any of us could have done anywhere near as good a job. I don't, <laughs> I don't. name one special thing he did in this movie. He picked that girl up over his head. <laughs> I guarantee you I'm just as strong as John Wayne. You think you're just as strong as John okay. Wayne? Yes. I, I don't think any of us would look nearly as convincing as shooting. Uh, never mind. <laughs> like calling calling Marty a half breed. Like yeah, I couldn't do it. Exactly. I couldn't get that I, sure. I, convincingly out of I my think, mouth. <laughs> I think uh it was definitely racist. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it could use uh, I, some like more updated script. So I maybe I'll say like maybe it really worked to my benefit that this was the only movie I've ever seen John Wayne act in. I've never seen him act in anything prior and he felt like he fit yeah, you the have. You now have. You now You've have. seen him act in every movie he's ever been in. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. But yeah, to like Jake's point, like I think he fit the role really well. I agree. I completely yeah. agree. I think his type of stoic character does fit the role really well. I but had, I don't even think he like he he does it in such a way that I don't even feel like he delivers on that character. I had an opposite Scott DDL experience with this movie. Uh, mm. wow. Yeah. That's pretty nuts. <laughs> the the inverse DDL. Exactly. As it's, as it's commonly called. Yeah, yeah. What's funny is I actually. <laughs> inverse DDL. And LDD. I actually. John Wayne influenced my thought on DDL. Really? Like that's part of why I just was like, this just seems like who he's going to be in everything he acts in. Interesting. Yeah. And like, so when I finally saw his range, when we went to Lincoln, I was like, holy crap. Wait, hold like, on. You saw, you saw DDL in one movie and said, this is who he is in every movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought his acting was bad. Just I was like, that's this John Wayne. To, that's just what to take John Wayne everyone does? back one more time. To <laughs> I there said, will it, be in, blood I said it in that episode. He did. I think yeah. it's yeah, a bad but, way to watch movies. <laughs> but I didn't realize that you thought in that movie, like, this is the only time I've seen DDL. This is how DDL acts in every movie. <laughs> yeah. Like insane thought to have. <laughs> not, not that this is how he acts in every movie, but like, I just... In the movie, it felt like it was a poor delivery of a character. I feel like John Wayne should be the exception, not the norm when you're watching films. Oh, for sure. But I don't think that's what you did. No, I didn't at that point. I mean, I think <laughs> I think it was my ideas of John Wayne like influenced influenced me. Sure. With 
that type of story very and that type interesting. of character. It's very yeah. interesting. All that being said, I hate John Wayne. I could go the rest of my life never see him in anything else ever. Okay, well, you liked the movie? You didn't like the movie? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a lot of great things about the movie. He was not one of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right. I, I don't feel like that was a straight answer. <laughs> it was not. I think he's. Uh, I think he's just stringing you along till he reveals the... that he gives this a perfect ten. Yeah. <laughs> this is Scott's first perfect ten. I love to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we did just the facts, right? We did. Okay, yeah. Cool. No. Yeah. We... I, I don't know. I feel like the scene. This is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But when he finds Lucy's dead body, and then that other dude thinks he sees Lucy, mm. and then John Wayne's like. I found her over there. Like, don't ask me about her. Like, he, like, lashes out. Like, I thought that was, like, I, I thought that was pretty good acting. I thought that that was a really good look into what little Ethan Wayne's childhood looked like. <laughs> hey, it was convincing for me. Funny. Uh, Tap into what you know, right? Here's the thing is my grandpa is just, like, Jake's dad and like loves old westerns uh -huh. and I've seen lots of John Wayne movies. I think that's up. just all grandpa, all white grandpas. Yeah, but yeah. And my grandpa did too. And I so, just he didn't show me any. I've just seen John Wayne in lots of stuff, and it was just like typical John Wayne Got stuff it. that Got was it. happening through but this whole movie. Getting back to that scene, I did hear a very funny story about that scene. So he gives that speech, and they had to shoot that twice, but apparently John Wayne nailed the speech the first time. And uh, Ward Bond, who played, uh, it's right up there. Who did Ward Bond play? The Reverend. Re Captain, the Reverend, yeah. Yeah, so Ward Bond played the Reverend, and he had wanted to shave and unplugged the camera <laughs> so that he could plug his electric razor in and then shaved. And then for like a while, nobody realized what happened. And then nobody told John Ford that that is what happened. And then after Ward Bond had died, they finally told John Ford at a, like a different event. And apparently he went white and was like speechless. was like, it's apparently still so mad. They didn't tell him because they were afraid that he was going to physically harm Ward Bond. <laughs> right. That's uh, that's very funny. Yeah. That also sounds like not like that doesn't sound to me like a bad story about John Ford's d directorial, you know, attitude. It's just a really great story about this actor's just ridiculous F up. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty hilarious. It's so great. I love it. Although I, I don't think that John Ford um, is like a particularly, uh, I don't know, uh, communicative person. Uh -huh. uh, I watched an interview because Jake, like you said, like through the 80s, 90s and still today, this is hitting people's lists as, you know, top movie of uh -huh. all time kind of a thing or top Western of all time. One of the top. Um. And so I saw this interview of, of uh, John Ford in the late 80s, early 90s kind of a thing. And they were they were asking him like, you know, oh, yeah, we're, we're naming the searchers our, our number one Western of all time. Uh, you you did this incredible work. How did you capture this this incredible movie? And John Ford just said with a camera. What a baller move. And I just think that, like, John Ford, like, if John Wayne uh, was just putting himself on, like, the character, I think John Ford was just putting himself uh, into the movie. Like, he was just such a, a quintessential uh, guy to be making a Western. 
Yeah, no, that sounds about like I, I, I don't really know because I haven't looked up like what it was like to be on the set of a Western. But if you were to tell me what it was like, I would imagine that somebody exactly like that would be at the helm of almost every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I will say, like, I thought the cinematography was really good. I, they had lots of great shots. I loved all the landscape shots. Um, it looked even a lot of the shots were like they felt almost modern day uh, with how they framed people. Um and th- I think there was a lot of like plot points that I thought were super interesting um, as far as like the time frame that you guys had mentioned and um, like the killing of the family at the beginning. And like there was a lot of things that you don't see in a yep. lot of older movies that sure. this did. And so I, it definitely paved the way, I think, for a lot of uh, other movies and a lot of influence into major yeah. directors. Well, like I think like like speaking of like the the landscape shots and the influence, apparently uh, David Lean, who I don't know who, how he was involved with Lawrence of Arabia, but apparently he was involved with Lawrence of Arabia somehow. And he, while prepping to shoot, just watched this movie over and over again to see how they shot landscapes and like figure out. And I that was one of the things I thought where I was like, man, like, I guess that's just like because this film in Monument, Monument Valley. And it was like I was like, wow, this is like. It's like, you know, like desert, desert pretty, which is like ugly pretty. But I remember being like, wow, this is like really nice to look at. And I don't usually love looking at the desert, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember when we drove through Utah together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. I heard a really similar thing actually about Orson Welles that um, like someone asked him, like, how would you learn how to frame shots certain ways? And he just said, like, I just watched John Ford, John Ford movies. Wait, is that true? Well, I just said that's what I heard. Okay, yeah, so. I don't know. I, I just, just like the way you said it, I feel like you were like, oh, like I was sarcastic. Like, yeah, I no, don't know. No, yeah, for real. Like okay. that he, yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty cool then. <laughs> it was real, <laughs> true. Like well, the way I don't know if you guys, if you guys. Nope, it what, was a lie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, was like, I was like, is Zach setting? Is like setting? Is Zach setting up a zing on me or something? Or is like, is he just trying to simp on CK again? Because CK is older than this movie. Yeah, I no, couldn't get there. It's just a really gl- great plot twist to let you in on on this podcast. A little over a hundred episodes in, that everything that Zach has said has been a lie. I've <laughs> never done any trivia. No I've never researched any film. I just wow. make it up. I always thought that you. Have I thought you guys were all in on the joke. Yeah, yeah I heard they almost casted uh, Andrew Garfield as the lead in this. Really, Scott, <laughs> recast. Who is Tom Holland playing in this movie? <laughs> uh, the little girl that got killed in the beginning. <laughs> uh, speaking of of plot points in this movie, like what an insane family's like idea to be like. Okay, uh, we're getting raided. Let's send the the youngest daughter and only the youngest daughter to hide in the middle of the open right at the graveyard i was i was like why do you why i yeah, mean i, I guess just know. to drive the plot forward but uh, yeah that, that's all it is it might as well have been the eagles from from lord of the rings i take issue with that but we're yeah not <laughs> we're not gonna get into that uh, yeah the eagles sucked <laughs> the football team yeah <laughs> I, I I agree. I wish that they would have just had them all together and just kind of like showed that they just decided to not kill her. They just took the girl. Yeah. 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 I don't know why they did the whole separation thing. That felt weird. Sure. But uh, oh, oh, what were you gonna say? Jake? I was gonna say a little another little bit of trivia. Uh, apparently, the the gravestone that she hides is uh, Ethan's mother, and on there it shows uh, that Ethan's mother was killed in a Comanche raid, which is why some people think that Ethan hates Comanches so much. Yeah, uh, but well, oh, did you get that from the movie? 
Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I didn't pick up. I didn't on really that. pick up yeah. on that either. Yeah. Oh wow! That's yeah, smooth. I mean, I, he learned the language. He sounded pretty pro command. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you which know, which apparently was uh, Navajo language, right? Yeah, every all of the Are Native American, all of the Native Americans uh, being played except for Scar yeah. were played by Navajo. Scar was played by a German-born Jew yeah, with blue right. eyes. Yeah, uh, and then I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he first came on screen, I was like, "Oh no, Jake! What did you do?" <laughs> yeah, no, I hadn't. I mean, I hadn't seen. I didn't remember that at all. But every all the all the Comanches were being portrayed by Navajo, and like the the war song was actually a, a dance song, like a Navajo dance song, <laughs> and the 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 headdresses were traditional Navajo headdresses. Oh my gosh! Um, at least they did a Native American language. Yeah, I guess I not really. Like yeah, that, that doesn't. I don't, I don't think I don't, that's an at least. Sorry, I was trying. <laughs> you, yeah, you gave him a shot, but it yeah, it's not it's not better. Yeah, no, but uh, and uh, apparently the Navajo people loved John Wayne. They called him. They 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 gave him some name, some nickname, and they broad shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> um, wasn't that what they that called was him what in they called movie? him in the movie? Yeah. Um, but I, apparently they were all grateful for the jobs, but, uh, still pretty racist. Oh, that, uh, yeah. That bummed me out a little that bit. Bummed me out yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't read that trivia beforehand and I wasn't going to, and then I just, <laughs> I decided just to happen and I had started. So I was like, I can't stop. No, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm glad I know it. Uh, but it's very sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What uh what about this movie uh do you guys think makes it so iconic for so many other filmmakers? I mean, I think one is probably like the look, like the 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 cinematography, the shots, like the landscape shots. Uh and then I mean, I don't know if this makes it iconic for other filmmakers, but one of the things I like I liked a lot of the characters, I thought they were very interesting. Like the preacher, I thought was funny and enjoyable. Yeah, and like like Mose was crazy, but like I I liked him. I liked I, I why is he the only name I can't remember? Mar- Marty, Marty. Yeah, I got I got it this time. I promise. <laughs> oh, you said um, Mose was based on a real person, right? Apparently, Mose was based loosely based on um uh like a, a half crazy character from the old west who was a fighter who was obsessed with rocking chairs uh, called like. Mad Mose. Oh, interesting. Some, some real Western character. Yeah. Wow. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I feel like if I have to pick, I, I think I would pick the cinematography. I feel like that it, it stood the test of time. I feel like that's kind of what we've been able to see in other films since. Sure. And I remember like learning in, in the film class the, the importance of like movement uh, with shots, how just so much more engaging that is. And I feel like I was able to kind of see how true that is in this film. Um, because more often than not, I feel like, like I didn't even realize it, but I feel like when I go into an older movie, I'm, I'm always expecting very static shots. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not a lot of movement, not a lot of like variability in terms of like the angles and the depth and whatnot. And I felt like this movie had a lot of movement, like one of the shots that I remember like kind of catching me off guard was the like the push close shot into Lucy's face when the Native Americans like first arrive at the home. Mm-hmm. Just thinking like, oh, that's just not a shot I expected to see in this film or in, in a film as old as this. And I feel like that helped me that helped keep me very engaged in this movie and kind of really like made me realize just how engaging 
movement is. Um, yeah. And I was really impressed. And not only just that, like not only some of the close shots that we had in this film, but then also some of the like wider shots that we had. Um, specifically the scene where uh, the Reverend comes with all his other like soldiers at the very beginning. And they just walk straight in um, and start like, asking for coffee and stuff, which I thought that was a very funny scene. Um, that whole scene had a very, for me, it reminded me of Wes Anderson a little bit. Like you, you have this kind of wide shot of all the different characters and they're all kind of doing something and you can kind of see all the different characters, quirks and idiosyncrasies and whatnot. And I thought it was just, I thought there was a lot of very funny dialogue. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I like donuts. What? That, that was something I, the preacher said. He's like, oh, I sure am partial to those donuts. I wasn't sure coffee? if you were saying something about yourself or not. It just really caught me off guard. Yeah, but when he's trying to talk and people keep interrupting and he yells, shut up. Like that really cracked me up. And I liked how I just liked the the um, blocking in that shot and just that entire shot. It was like perfectly centered. It reminded me a lot of like a Wes Anderson shot. Um, and so I just remember like it, the cinematography really made um, a big impact on me. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think cinematography is a, a huge part of it. And, and one of the things that leads me to believe that is that I think I would enjoy this movie maybe more on mute than I would Interesting. listening to it. I don't think I've ever thought that about any movie. I haven't either, uh, necessarily, but... I basically did that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I had subtitles on. I had it very low. <laughs> Well, it was uh, 5.30 a.m. and you had some people in the house. That yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's it was fair. enjoyable. But one, uh, one oh. other shot, though, that I wanted to, to point out that I, like, really stuck with me was, uh, like, sort of essentially the opening scene and essentially the, or opening shot and, and essentially the, the ending shot of the movie when uh, John Wayne is framed in the the door of the house of the homestead but he's outside and he's like silhouetted against that door frame to like bookend the movie with that was just really, I mean, yeah, super fascinating for me and really like did a really great job. Like I noticed it, but because I was looking for stuff like that, um, a really impressive way to, to tell the story without telling the story kind of a thing, uh, to tell the story with the camera and not just, uh, not just with dialogue. Um, so yeah, I, I, that, that tracks a lot for me. So, I mean, I don't know if this is going to make you like or not like that shot, uh, less, but apparently that shot was, uh, specifically an homage to a Western star, Harry, um, Harry Carey, who, uh, let's see in the closing scene. I, I was reading this online. It says in the closing scene where Ethan is framed in the doorway, Wayne holds his white right elbow with his left hand in a pose that Carrie fans would recognize as one he often used apparently in, um, in his movies. So they did this in, in tribute. And then, uh, his wife, Harry Carey's wife was off screen. Oh, like that's cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool. Interesting that you bring up Harry Carey as well, because his son was in this film too, playing Brad, Harry Carey Jr. Oh, I, didn't realize that also, <laughs> what, uh, John, John Wayne's son was in this movie as well. He was the, yeah. the, the cavalry uh, at the end. Yeah. I heard in a podcast that, um, uh, that when he comes in and they keep interrupting him and he can't get his lines out actually uh -huh. that uh, John Wayne told them keep interrupting him. Oh, that's, and so funny. that was all ad libbed oh, that's really <laughs> or improv. I mean, yeah. Um, 
But uh, to get back to your, your your what what is the influence of this, I have got to say that it's probably how hard some of John Wayne's fits went in this movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, Western fashion is like is making a comeback right now. Oh yeah, like, so a, a lot of those fits went hard. Like yeah, I was thinking that this and in uh, the movie we're going to watch uh, a couple weeks from now, Open Range, like. Mm-hmm. There's some of some of those looks were pretty good, if I'm honest. Maybe we'll do. I don't want to make a promise that I'm definitely not going to have to be the one to deliver on, but maybe we'll do on Instagram a little bit of a a John Wayne fit check. Okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll take a look. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Look. That's all you, Jake. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pull some stuff together. But yeah, like that. That was a thought I had a few times. I was like, man. That that fit goes hard right now. <laughs> he he was looking good. I, yeah. I'll definitely give you that. the The costuming is was pretty terrific. I don't know how accurate it was. To don't the care. Period. But I don't <laughs> care either. There was definitely. No, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think I care either. Yeah. There was definitely a few things where I was like, "Did they? Well, that's not how those shirts were." <laughs> Scott, do you have any thoughts as to why this might be so iconic for other filmmakers? Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, everything that you guys have said so far, and I think too just some of the like uh, risks in the plot as well. Like I think there were some risks taken that paid off and played really well, like sacrificing like family and kids, like little kids died, which isn't something super popular, like especially back in the day, like things were a lot more just like lighthearted and uh, showing things like the house burning. And then also like the lasting like five years, like a lot of times these old movies, it's like immediate vengeance and this is something where it's like, man, they, they took a long time. Like this girl's life got ruined actually because of how long, I mean, it was ruined anyways, but it, it was like demolished yeah. by yeah. like, she spent five years of her life living with a whole different people. Um, and so like, I think it was a lot of those things as well, like contributed to like uh, directors taking more risks in, mm. in their plot devices going forward. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. I, I think I could see that. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Because if, if I learned anything uh, after uh, sitting through some of uh, season one Jake take, uh, picks, <laughs> uh, I've learned that there was a long period of time where there were no risks taken in plot. That's for sure. <laughs> don't or dialogue. <laughs> or dialogue. I don't know. Uh, Hot Mary. That was a pretty risky oh, dialogue yeah. choice. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> was, was Hot Mary and Dirty Harry on? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Dirty Harry. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that feels riskier to say now than then, though, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be right. You might be right. <laughs> Yeah, it would probably riskier also now to put a shot of your hero like uh, looking at uh, like peeping pe- peeping Tom. There we go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like treat yourself, Harry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> peeping Tom, Mary. Oh my gosh. I kind of wish they would have had uh, John Wayne kill kill her at the end. Kill Debbie. Debbie. Yeah. Why? Like that's he was like saying he was going to the whole time. Yeah, I mean it. It was definitely like part of his belief system. That, yeah, like, like I felt like it went against his character almost. That feels like similar to like if Jordan Peele had Chris go to prison at the end to Get Out. Like it just would have been too much of a bummer. Mm. Uh, like they went through this whole thing and then he killed. Yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Like we bit. we as the audience deserved to to have a little bit of a happy ending here. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Even though maybe it would have like set John Wayne up to be misconstrued as a hero a little <laughs> bit more. Okay, so this this is a, a, a hot. No, take. I'm sorry, you you misinterpreted. Like I think the original ending does that. 
Oh, and I okay. think that if he did kill Debbie, it would have maybe been a little bit more of a poignant ending. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that killing her would have made him the hero. I was like, <laughs> no, no. I was like, Zach, <laughs> wow. That is the I hardest had, take I've heard I on this I saw your pod. response and had to clarify. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I appreciate that. No, so I have a, a an interesting take on, on that idea uh, that like some of our like bigger film buff listeners will appreciate. And I think Zach will be the only person in this room to appreciate. But if John Wayne had got him, if John Wayne had killed you too, Debbie, <laughs> that would have been the perfect Lars von Trier film. Mm. I don't know who that is. That's that was Tyler's part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> he was <Yeah>. right. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> but I appreciate that you were right. <laughs> that I don't will no, his thing is needlessly I, throw around insults. Like I didn't doubt you. I didn't take it as an insult. Scott made it an insult. If I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like it would be a fun insult. Zach, what do you think about the take? Uh, I also, all I know about Lars von Trier is that he makes unpleasant movies. I have not watched any of them very intentionally, but visually beautiful. I'm yeah, I guess that makes sense, but visually yeah. beautiful. That Super glad sense. that you threw it back to that because I, saw that Zach didn't have very much of a response to that and then moved away. I know. I, I kind of, I said it expecting a, a stronger response from Zach. Yeah. And then I was immediately, this is, this have you seen choice. any Lars von Trier movies? I, I mean, if couple, Oh, I haven't watched any, but like, really, just, which ones have you seen? Uh, I'll get back to you. Okay. Yeah. But just, yeah, super glad that you, you, you we drove it back to it. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to hear what he had to say. I don't care if he, he has to think on the spot. That's what this pod's all about. It's raw. Yeah. <laughs> raw and unedited. Earlier I said John Wayne was a chump. A couple of bonus episodes <laughs> ago. Doing? A couple of bonus episodes <laughs> ago. We, who who we, else is saying that right yeah. now? Yeah, who no else one. is saying John Wayne's a chump? John Wayne's been dead for 35 you hear that? years. <laughs> you hear that, Ethan Wayne? Yeah, your dad, your dead dad's a chump. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't season three Scott just emerged. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm but, kind of into it, but though. all of a sudden we I'm, have, I'm a little bit glad we're at the end of season three, at the know, back half of season three right I now. Know, right? <laughs> just just for season four Scott to come down a little bit. This is John Wayne Scott. Hmm. Oh, so if John Wayne we Scott. Do, whenever like we do a movie killer. that has John Wayne in it, this is who's who you're gonna get. Yeah, so John Wayne Scott sounds like a serial killer. <laughs> it uh, does. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe we don't do another John Wayne movie. That would be great with me. <laughs> huh. Keep that in mind. But I have a feeling you're the only one who would ever nominate a future John Wayne movie. You never know. I'm thinking about it now just so we see more of John Wayne Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and we get That's an great. update on who John Wayne Scott has killed in between <laughs> movies. I'm excited to build, the, was, build this lore out a little bit. Yeah, John Wayne Scott was on the grassy knoll. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So John Wayne Scott exists outside of... He's like Lord of the like Dance. Lord of the Dance. Dance. Yeah. Okay. He is. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. Is he just John doesn't Wayne have magic Scott, clogs. Is he also the keeper of the Lord of the Dance? Are they no. one and the same? No, he's the rival of the Lord of the Dance. Really? <laughs> yeah. He yeah. doesn't wow. He doesn't have magical clogs, but he does have very racist revolvers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got racist revolvers? Oh, yeah. This, this is, is a, some solid alliteration right there. <laughs> Thank you. This Thank is you. a Holmes and Moriarty rivalry in that uh, he almost never comes up to the Lord of the Dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they literally have never spoken and never yeah. will. Yeah. They, yeah. Lord of the we, Dance doesn't know he exists. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even on his radar. Yeah. 
he has like a personal vengeance against Lord of the Dance, but Lord of the Dance is like who? Yeah, <laughs> Lord of the Dance is busy fighting Lord Farquaad in uh, in John uh-huh. Lithgow. That's his name, John Lithgow. Uh, yeah. But so he's got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> oh man. Well, what do you guys say? Uh, unless anyone has any other uh, thoughts or uh, let's put an amen on it. No, I do have some thoughts. Oh, okay. I've got some thoughts. Put an amen on them. Zach's no time. Put an amen I've got, on them. Here, here's, here's, a, a, here's a penny for your thoughts. I've got a little... Thank you. I've got a little bit of a nitpick. Oh, um, oh you're picking some nits. I'm picking I'm picking one nit. Maybe I've got two nits, actually. <laughs> Is it with the movie or with me? Oh, I've got far more than two nits to pick with you, sir. No, but I've got two with the film. Okay, let's hear them. So, I didn't love the wedding at the end. Like as an idea or how it was I think executed. as an idea it was okay. fine, but I felt like it was a little too long and it felt a little too like tonally out of place. I think that's the thing is like, I feel like tonally this movie was a little kind of weird. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think for the most part I was fine with it and at parts maybe I kind of appreciated that we did have some like humorous moments and whatnot, mm-hmm. but the wedding felt, I'm like Jake with the wedding and the Godfather. Like I felt like the wedding and this <laughs> felt a little too long. And I was kind of ready mm. to just get back to the regular movie. Um, and totally just kind of strange. Um, and then also, I I wish, I feel like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity. And you know what? Maybe I will chalk this up to John Wayne's not as good of acting as I thought. In that, like, I kind of wish that Marty and Ethan had a little bit more of a developed relationship. Like, I feel like if they were traveling just them two in isolation for five years. I feel like I would have liked if it felt like they had a little bit more of a developed relationship. Like he's literally like going to leave like everything in his possession to Marty. So clearly he like has an affinity for Marty, but it didn't seem like they had really much of a relationship at all still by the end of the film. Once again, I think that that was a great metaphor for uh, Ethan Wayne's future childhood. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I need to go back yeah. a little bit. Inherited on, all of John Wayne's money, but I think never his love. I think that was because of John Wayne's acting, not because it wasn't supposed to yeah. come across that way. Yeah. And I'm, I'm willing to attribute it to that. Uh, there were aspects of this movie where I was like, like, man, I feel like I don't think you could remake this movie because, again, it's very racist. But <laughs> aspects of this movie are like, I'd love to see an updated version of this. Um, and maybe the closest that we'll get to that is like Django Unchained. Because now that I think about right. it, Django Unchained kind of is like the, this movie. But version, yeah. yeah, like a, a more appropriate version of this film a little bit. Um and so I don't know. That was something that I I was a little frustrated about. I think getting back to the wedding, I think I agree that it was long, but I did think that there were some very funny scenes. But I think that that fight that they had was like genuinely just really funny. Like uh, e- e- uh, Marty had with um, Charlie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. remember Charlie Charlie's name, but not Marty. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but like that was a genuinely pretty funny fight. Like they were like so mad at each other, but like super considerate of each other at the yeah, same time. And right. they get up. I thought that was pretty funny. And like, I enjoyed it. Uh, you could have taken it out of the movie. It would have made no difference, Yeah, but I was also glad to have seen it, mm-hmm. you know, but I get what you're saying. Also, did I miss something like why, uh, the first time that they go to rescue Debbie, why did she want to stay? And then later she wanted to leave. I don't even know that she did want to leave. 
Honestly, she was running away and then John Wayne just picked her up and carried her away. But everybody that she knew that she had been traveling with was dead. But didn't Marty... Marty went into the tent with her and was like, I'm going to take you. And then she was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I didn't understand. It was an inconsistency, I think. Maybe, I mean, maybe if I'm trying to cover for the movie, maybe she was just afraid for them, trying to take them. And now she knew that she could. But like Mm. they were like, it was like the middle of the day and there were two people against this whole like war party, maybe that was it. But at this point she only knew Marty was there. So now it was one against everyone. Yeah. But he was sneaking her out. That was, yeah, that was a time where I was like, I feel like I missed something. I also felt like I missed something when John Wayne wanted to kill her. And then just realized, like, oh, it's just because he's very racist. Yeah. No, he talked (laughs) about like, I must've missed a detail. No, He talked about that a lot where he was like the, it just still felt so foreign. I don't even, it was like, there's gotta be some context I'm missing. I don't even know if I should repeat this. So maybe we can edit it, but do you remember there were so be careful. Uh, all well, right. you're just well, quoting the film. <laughs> yeah, like you're just but yeah. There's there's a part in the movie where they see those those prisoners. Yes, and then he looks at them and he says, "They ain't even white anymore." Yeah, they're not white. Right. Like exactly. exactly. Yeah. I I had to I had to have that connection be made for me when I was doing some research and realized that's what's driving that's that his sentiment. motivation. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you brought that scene up because I actually and again. Terrible scene, like very racist, very, very bad. But I thought that that was a really interesting part of the movie when they see those like just uh, uh, those little girls that have been abducted, Um, like acting wise. I thought that was a very like chilling scene. Like they're just like straight smiles. Yeah. 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 No, that, yeah I'm, I'm like, with I you. thought it was an effective scene. Yeah. And something I did not expect to see in this movie. No, I think I agree. I was having to think back to it and then like also separate my feelings towards the conversation around (laughs) what was happening and then think about what you said that was why i was slow in the response but yeah i think so yeah but uh yeah all in all are we now we're ready to put an amen on this thing i think so put an amen on it jake you're gonna go first all right we ain't got no more time for prayer that's true uh i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna give this uh 8.2 uh racist movies uh, I'm going to give this a uh, 7.1 um, really, really, really abysmal actors <laughs> named John Wayne. <laughs> Zach. I'm going to give this movie nine little Debbies. Wow. I'll take and it. And Tyler. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, 8.1 uh, times that we had to say in this movie obligat- or in this episode obligatorily that this is very problematic and racist. <laughs> that's that's way under what we said. <laughs> we probably said it 81 times. <laughs> uh, this comes out to an 81% on Rotten Potatoes. Once again, the other guys gave this 96%, and IMDb gave it 7.9, so we're really close to IMDb there. Uh, and this comes out to movie number 42 out of 105. I'm, I'm going to relish the opportunity, because uh, Jake is usually the one to be able to nail this, that I called it perfectly i know yeah it's it's a good feeling right it's a very good feeling yeah you crushed it <laughs> thank you yeah. you rated this movie we didn't, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> oh man we could always like adopt um what, what they do in the olympics like they eliminate the highest score and the lowest score and then just r- right average the yep. middles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're gonna we're gonna normalize because if we did that we would have never had my points. we would have never had my 5.1 on uh that's true like it eliminates the hot takes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't like eliminating the hot takes. 
from the main rating. Yeah, I okay. think it's funny. Like I like the hot takes. I like episode. I, I like hearing them. I just yeah. wish they didn't impact the scores of the movies. Sometimes, <laughs> like that would be a top five. That's fair, maybe top movie if yeah. it wasn't for me. Something that really, really burns my like in my soul is when I think about how there's a, my name is associated with a five point one rating on the movie. But <laughs> there is an asterisk, Jake. It's okay. There's yeah. a there is an official asterisk there. Yeah. Wait, why is your name associated with it? It's Tyler's movie. Uh, my name is associated with it because I'm on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So if you eliminated the highest and the lowest, this would have got uh 9.4 instead of an 82. <laughs> <laughs> well, which would have put it pretty firmly in the number two spot, I think. Uh, it would have put it tied for the one spot. Tied for the one. Okay. Wow. Well, then I'm glad it didn't happen because I like having the one spot. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Very fair. All right. Well, uh, what movie I I'm asking actually in this case, because I legitimately don't know what movie are we talking about next I'm week? I'm like 90% sure it's crazy, stupid. Love. Okay. <laughs> it's your movie. Okay. Next week, we're going to be talking about crazy, stupid love, uh, huge, uh, tonal shift from, uh, from the last two movies that we've reviewed. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, if you get the chance, go watch that and and then tune in, tune into uh, to that episode. Or hopefully, you watched it last week when we said it might be the searchers. It might be crazy, stupid <laughs> love. You know, if you're a real fan, you would have. Yeah, just like I watched Crazy Stupid Love when I when we thought we were going to record a month ago. Yeah, no, for sure. That's that's what we did with <laughs> Get Out as well. Yeah. yeah no. All right. Well, uh, Jake, do you have any final thoughts before uh, we get out of here? No time. Put. Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.